Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Caught Offside. With Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. The countdown to parenthood is in its final moments. What's up, brother? By 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time for people in Ireland. Um, your boy's going to be a dad. Now, (laughs) I was texting with a friend of mine this evening and I said, can you believe it? Nope. Was the answer. Um, I don't know if you, and don't, don't humor me, Mm. but do you see me as a, as a father? Yes. Not, I literally am not humoring you. I, I, I can see it easily. Amazing to me. Like I'm not, I'm good with kids. Yes. Um, but that's, that feels like only part. You're a nice it. guy though. Like, am I? Yes. I mean, I, we joke around, but you are, you are, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy doing this if you were some kind of D like, <laughs> you know, so like you're a nice guy, you're a responsible guy. Like that's it. And you'll figure out the rest. You're yeah. good. You're okay. going to be fine. I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Uh, no, I, the, the nerves are there, but I'm also kind of calm and um, kind of looking forward to meeting my daughter. Mm-hmm. Or as Bill Burr would say, my daughter. Um, and like, it's funny listening to his podcast, you know, and, and I'm watching his stand up kind of gives you a, gives you a view on, on fatherhood as well. And he was a father much later than I am. And I even consider myself kind of late. I mean, you're late fifties. <laughs> I'm forty-one. You dope. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um. So it's all it's it's all exciting. It's all scary. I just want my missus to be uh to be safe and baby to be healthy. That's I mean that's it really. Mm-hmm. That's uh. All I can ask for, to be honest with you. And it was weird watching games today. 
you know, because you can easily sit here and watch Manchester United versus Chelsea and think, what does this matter? At any moment in your life, you can think, why does this matter? But it seemed particularly profound today when I got upset at uh, Michaelo Mudrick's pathetic attempt oh. to convert early and make my, what my, because I think, like, you know, um, our, our mutual friend, um, Dan, like, he big United fan and he honestly like he tweeted he goes like United weren't even that good in the first half you know it could have been 3-1 Chelsea easily uh, now I would say you, you United, could play that game either way we'll get into that you probably we'll can you probably can but like neither side were were particularly good um, like Chelsea are Chelsea actually played okay that's probably their best performance in a while and they were still muck which, which is a terrible indictment on them but my point being, watching it, you're like um, particularly heightened feelings of this is a total irrelevance as to what's about to slap me in the face tomorrow. You can say that. However, I would tell you I have – how many times have I shed tears over sports since, my, since I had a kid? I mean, definitely when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, and then a couple near misses like – Tottenham Ajax, I got pretty close, but it's a little hard when you're at work. You don't want to do that. And especially surrounded by Michael K., Don LeGrec, and Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> people, who, people who didn't get it or care no. or yeah, think yeah. it's weird in the first place that I had this interest. Um, people who thought your interest in soccer, the largest sport in the world, was some kind right. of kinky fetish. Yeah. Uh, I got close when Bryce Harper hit the home run last year in the NLCS. Um, so you'll care. Like it, You're not going to stop caring the way you know i always care i i care i like i care about so many things and so many people it's like i, I am a person who's kind of enthusiastic and invested in stuff so like I, just because i i'm having a kid is not going to stop me caring about other stuff and no, other people i, I don't know how much interests. it's gonna i don't know how much it's gonna change your interests what it's gonna change is your time that's what that's what happens. Mm. That's what you'll find out. Yeah, I don't love uh, that. Well, I mean that that's the you got that's the one thing I would tell you to start wrapping your mind around. Okay. Now you'll have you have time because when they're this little, like they don't really do very much. But as they get a little older, they have play dates, they sure. have activities. You want to go to the playground, the park, whatever, right. all kinds of things. I'll enjoy that. Stop, though, I, I mean, you do kind of stop living your life for yourself. You start living it for someone else. No, that's impossible though. I am <laughs> we're gonna find out selfish guy. We're gonna find out. I'm oh, gonna yeah, roll no. my interests. Uh, football, the pub, the the, the podcast. Going to roll that stuff into her life. See how it works. How can we make this about me? Essentially, I mean, my whole life has been making it about me. So maybe, maybe it's time actually that I took a back back seat. Might be healthy. Now that I agree with. Let's <laughs> let's ta- let's put this conversation on the back seat and let's get into the the actual important stuff, and that is soccer. Um. We'll get to other things, uh, City and and Brighton from earlier this week. We'll talk a little bit about that. Tottenham's managerial search. We'll get to some of that. Um, lots of big stuff happening over the weekend. We'll and get after to the break. We'll talk about an anniversary. Oh, today. oh, okay, interesting, yeah. very interesting. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot we're going to do, but let's start with the game that you referenced. Um, JJ, Liverpool will not be playing in the Champions League. That's a sentence that over this Jurgen most of this Jurgen Klopp era has been a sentence that's kind of kind of been hard to envision, one yes. that you never really considered. And I'll say this right now, in my preparation for the Devonlings, uh, which will be sometime midweek next week, I went back through 
uh, our predictions from the preseason, from the, the season preview podcast, because we always go back and, and analyze how our predictions did. I'll tell you this right now. I thought pretty highly of Liverpool, and yeah. I'm not not feeling so good about that prediction now. Uh, I thought all the way to the very end. I, I mean, I've been saying for months now, they'll find their way. Don't worry about it. This is what they do. But no, no, they will not. Newcastle held their nerve, and Manchester United in the end held theirs as well, and it is going to be United who are going to be playing Champions League football Next season, Statman Dave tweeted this, JJ, Eric Ten Hag has become only the third Dutch manager to finish in the top four in the Premier League in the competition's history. You want to try to name the other two? Uh, Louis van Gaal. Yeah. Uh, Dutch manager, top four. Uh, it's not Dick Advocat. No. He definitely wasn't fighting at that end of the table. God bless him. Um Wow, I don't know. Actually, I'm blanking on the last. Oh, 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 oh. No, I'm blanking. Gus Hiddink with Chelsea. Oh, in, yes. Uh, Good old Gus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should read Mo Salah's tweet. Because, look, I know there's a culture of fronting up. Yeah, you know, it's just not acceptable. This is, this is different. Um, first of all, he's selected a picture. And he's put it in black and white of him standing with his hands on his hips. So we've got uh, Salah Noir going on right now. Um, I'm totally devastated, he tweets. There's absolutely no excuse for this. We had everything we needed to make it to next year's Champions League and we failed. We are Liverpool and qualifying to the competition is the bare minimum. I'm sorry, but it's too soon for an uplifting or optimistic post. We let you and ourselves down. So Salah's not going to say, be back stronger next year, bicep flex emoji. Not happening. He's telling it how is it how it is with his hands on his hips in them. Um, He's this is what they refer to as being in your feelings. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's crushed. He's absolutely crushed. Um, and I get it. You know, since he's been there, they're accustomed to only one thing, and that is winning. And and by the way, I know they only have one trophy to show for it, but they have become very accustomed to winning in that competition specifically. Um, you know, he's been to three titles, three Champions League finals. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's it's a it's a tough pill for them to swallow. And he also committed he's committed his future with a massive contract to Liverpool. And I'm sure in that the his idea was not to be Thursday night's channel 5. Um to quote the song aka playing in the Europa League. That's definitely not what he wanted. 19 goals, 11 assists in the Premier League. So that's he's one of the players that that has the license to tweet something like this because his performances are there to be seen and can back it up. But um, I thought it was interesting, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's not taking it well. He's not taking it well. This game though, United and Chelsea, fun game, I would say, uh, for a neutral to watch. I know you weren't exactly a neutral in watching this. You had very much a vested interest, but lots After of chances, while, lots of goals. After a while, I just enjoyed watching people slip. Yeah, what was going on with that? So I, I give me the turf report. Uh, the the turf report is brought to you by Scott's Turf Builder. Come no, 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 come on! Whoa, don't you can't! How dare you? We're looking for advertising partners. You're giving free advertising to a real company. At least make one up. Well, Not no, I'm this, teasing this them. Precious turf away. I'm teasing them and letting them know what could be if they give us money. Um, yeah. So you're thinking, have the players the wrong studs in? Um, the commentators 
were trying to disabuse us of the notion that the field was heavily watered. But if you look at the Havertz header, that near post header where he then fell to the, his knees, he's trying to angle his head. Um, it's actually a pretty good chance. And then he falls to his knees and this like cascade of water comes up off the grass. So the only thing I can imagine is that, you know, those fields are so hard um, these days and, and uh, so firm underneath that they overwatered the field and like there's no place for that water to go. And it just sat on the grass because players were slipping left, right and center. Yeah, uh, it was it was noticeable, certainly. Mm. Um, just to go through it, like you mentioned before, Mudrick in the fourth minute. I don't know what happened there. He just took his eye off the ball. I, I, very strange. Seemed like he at least should have gotten some kind of attempt off. Um, yep. And from that range, he should have scored, quite frankly. Um, I'm trying to figure out what to make of him. Um, I don't know if it's quite to this level. Like overall, he's he's, I mean, if I had to come up with a word to sum it up, I would say disappointment. He's gotten to Chelsea. They needed yeah. help. He's been a, a huge disappointment. But I'm trying to think, JJ, like you referenced a couple of weeks ago, my feelings on Vinicius from his early days at Real Madrid and the fact that he was getting into positions that, you know, his finishing was was not there. That was clear. But there was something about him being involved. He was so young. Um, it, is it too optimistic to see any of that in some of these Mudrick performances that, you know, the, the finishing touch will come at some point? Yeah. I, Okay, so there's two things. The first thing, and we did notice trying to be positive for Arsenal. Remember when they didn't sign him and I, I told you what the stats bots were saying? Yeah. Like his underlying metrics were not great. Right. Um, and so there was a sense, oh, maybe Arsenal actually have dodged a bullet here. Uh, James Benge, who writes for uh, CBS, um, pretty good stuff as well. Mudrick, so fascinating in his struggles. Arsenal and Brentford both saw something in him, something that wasn't really there in the data. Then you see some of his touches in the first half, and you really wonder if Arteta or Frank could have got a player to live up to the price tag. So I, I, like, I think there's something there. It's, I can't suddenly think, because I really, you know, when he was at um, Shakhtar, I'm watching him, play he looked really devastating i know that night in parkhead against uh, celtic he was superb um there's something there andrew there definitely is but there's a malaise around that club like it's a general like fog over it um frank lampard's comments after the game were, were i and i i know we're moving off the game but like what he had to say afterwards was interesting so it was a drubbing, like four ones a drubbing. And I know it was a good goal by Joao Felix. He drove through, um, hit it low and hard past De Gea. It was a good goal. But um, Frank Lampard was criticizing, and I'm quoting, collective standards at Chelsea and saying that the training and the setup and the attitude of the players that he came into wasn't good enough. And he, he was hmm. no, they, like, we've seen Lampard before always move to deflect criticism away from himself. And he does it in much more subtle ways. Like you can say, well, JJ, this is another way of saying what he said the night against Arsenal before he was sacked the first time around where he goes, you know, what about that performance tonight, Frank? Well, I think that's one for the players to answer, you know, but he was saying, uh, how much have I learned from this spell as a coach here? Not much. And then he goes to kind of justify tactics. He goes, cause he played a back five tonight. He goes back five, back four doesn't matter. Uh, and and again, he referred back to the basis of what's going on at Chelsea, that things aren't right. And 
I would have thought, though, it's his job to come in and, and get it right. Like, he's on the training field. His staff are doing the coaching. Yeah, but by the same token, he was brought in at a time of extreme low morale. They knew their season was shot. They were playing for nothing by the time he came in. Mm. Um, it, it is a tall order to ask a third or I guess even fourth manager at that point, yeah. if you include the interim, to come in and, and whip a, a club like that into some into change morale. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's easy. Look, Frank is because he does this because he has this track record of sometimes, like you say, deflecting blame away from him. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of easy to roll your eyes at it, but like take, if you take a step back from that for a sec, I mean, look, say what you want about Tuchel. He's a great manager. He's, he has proven that he couldn't get a tune out of this club. Graham Potter. I know what we all think now. None of us thought that, you know, six months ago, seven months ago, a year ago, we all thought really highly of Graham Potter. Like there's multiple managers that we have held in a pretty high regard that have all suffered the same fate trying to get a tune out of this specific Chelsea team. So yeah, because it's Frank saying it, maybe say, all right, Frank, like we've heard it before at a certain point, are you ever going to look inward? But like, I, that is true, but it, it is also true that this team is just, they're shot and they're not into it. Something is wrong there with this group of players. Right. Uh, so I, I, I do think that there's validity to what he's saying. Yeah. John Bruin tweeted this, which is probably more accurate. Feels fair to say, on pounds spent for points, Chelsea have delivered the worst season in English football history. Has to be. Has to be. I don't think there's ever been a spend that's end up, ended up quite as spectacularly bad as that. That is just, just truly horrific. I mean, what uh, would be, what would even be in the, like, I'd have to go back. What was it? A United team that finished eighth post Fergie that made a ton of signings for like, was that like Di Maria? I'm trying to, I, I'd have to go back. Mkhitaryan, like, my yeah, years, maybe. my years could be a little bit off there, but I, you know, that would be one. Look, you had a Chelsea team that finished tenth, not that long ago. Yeah, but uh, I like the the outlay hadn't been as recent and right. immediate. No, this is this is insanity. What's going on here? It definitely is. John Nicholson uh, makes that uh, counters your point on Lampard. Imagine if Lampard was Marco Silva. Imagine the hammers he'd be getting now. Eight losses out of ten. But in English media, you'd think Lamps wasn't even near this 10-game disaster. Whoa. If, if they'd been great, he certainly would have been celebrated as such. Still hugely privileged, I have to say. Do you agree with that? Yeah. FJJ, the, everyone I know is killing this guy. Everyone you know, but I, the, you are not seeing that in the mainstream media. Oh, I, I, I'm seeing it in the mainstream media. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> Chinese communists uh, take it over the... Uh, I mean, I've seen the tweets of like his like form chart with all the just like red X's over the last year. No, I know I see show, like, those tweets, but I I'm like if I suppose the old men of the newspaper industry, like you're not going to see it from Henry Winter, you're not going to see it from BT Sports, you're not going to see it from Sky. It's very much what has Frank Lampard inherited rather than what difference did he make? And you know, you have to at some point. You have to look at it and look at the overall. He's been a disaster for Everton. And he's been a disaster again now for Chelsea. Like, um, I think it was uh, Jack Collins, who we've had on the podcast, of the uh, um, football ranks and Fulhamish. And Jack was making the point that um, Frank Lampard probably, yeah, eight losses in, in the last 10 for Lampard, sacked with Everton in the mire, a disaster at Chelsea. There are extenuating circumstances to, to a point in both, 
but he's clearly not good enough. Said it before, but time to bite the bullet. Take an under-21 job and study the managerial craft. I, I kind of agree with that. And if someone wants to say Stephen Gerrard should do the same, I'd be down for that too. He's like, they've got positions. I, I'll keep hammering this till I'm blue in the face. They have inherited positions, Lampard in particular, that they did, you know, they haven't put the man hours, the, the coaching hours in to get. Just haven't. And this is, we're reaping what we're sowing there. Uh, the United side of this, because that is obviously the story to come out of this one. They've clinched top four. They're back in the Champions League. Yep. Um, boy, what, an, what a fascinating season for any number of reasons for Casemiro. I mean, just, he has some stretches like the one he's in currently where I think this is, this is a guy who might belong on my team of the season. Yeah. And then he's had other stretches where I'm just like old, can't keep up red card waiting to happen. You know, what a, what an incredibly confusing season. Now I think when it's all said and done, I think there's been far more good with him. And I think that that is how United fans will, will think of him. I think yeah. he'll be thought of very highly, especially with, you know, United needing results late in the season and him scoring in each of these games, um, you know, hugely important. His, the pass that he made to help set up, uh, Martial's goal. No look flick through pass. Awesome. Just absolutely awesome. It's lovely um, to watch. But yeah, he's um if I if I made my all confusing eleven, he might be on he might be on that team for me. <laughs> and uh up front for that all confusing eleven would be a Wanyi from Nottingham Forest. <laughs> be a perfect one. Um Casemiro, Casemiro. Like I agree with you. Like tonight you watched him, you thought, great, just really great quality player. Um, so experienced anchors the midfield. And then you think of what Declan Rice did to him just two weeks ago. And you're like, Ooh, oh, it's not good. Like gliding past him into the box at, um, at London stadium. And you're like, get rid of him and spend the wages on that kid. Uh, <laughs> I do. Yeah. United are in such a weird position right now because they've achieved top four. I think they've done it in spite of some of the players they've had. And it's been a bumpy ride since the 7-0 against Liverpool, or rather since the League Cup win. It's not been smooth sailing. The exit in Europe, notwithstanding some up and down league form, but they've got it done and that's an achievement. So right now, as we sit here, they've got a trophy in the bag and they've got top four in the bag and they're going into an FA Cup final, which pretty we'll good. about later possibly without anthony we haven't got the report yet but stretchered off never a good sign never a good sign and you look at things and you think all right you've got a goalkeeper who i i don't think tonight can play with this guy and i don't think he's a bad goalkeeper i just don't think he's a modern goalkeeper i think he evolved on the cusp right at the edge of you need to be able to play out from the back slash the most important thing you do is stop shots. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at one of those and really not great at the other. So it's, it's all kind of just come together a bit that way. The centre-back situation. We saw Lindelof manhandling uh, Pulisic tonight. Uh, Lindelof, Maguire. Like, no, no, remove Maguire. From that from that sentence, does, does Lindelof cut? Is he gonna is he gonna still be there? I mean, I don't know, but you know, I think a 
I think a center back pairing of Lissandra Martinez and Rafael Varane is pretty good. Okay. Okay. Leave it there then. Leave it there. And and um, by the way, if Lindelof is your third option, I'd, I'd say you could you could do a lot worse than that. All right. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Um, Wan Bissaka fullback. Not going to work. Not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. Not good enough to, uh, on the ball. Um, defensively, we know what he's like. Um, and 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 high up the field, not going to give you that quality. So can't go. We'll. So I. I I won't make arguments about Luke Shaw. You go into the midfield then and the age of the midfield. You know, Casemiro's there. He's in his 30s. If you watch Ericsson, Ericsson's decline in terms of like his ability to get around the field. He's, he ain't going to be Modric. No, it's he's not. not. I think he's had a good season. I, I don't think I don't he's think... been, I don't think he's been amazing. He has not been bad by any stretch. Um, you know, he was brought there on a free transfer. So, right, but, but, he still takes wages and we know how they like to pay uh, yeah. United. So I, I think to, he's had a, he's had a fine season. Things have say. to change there. They need to lock in Rashford. He's got one, one year left in his contract and that is still not, they still haven't figured that one out. They need to lock him in. Martial has to go. I know he scored tonight, but I mean, early on the, the sitter, he missed too erratic. Not probably, enough probably should have taken the first touch. Yeah. Bruno remains um, his turn on Fafana who had a, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Let's stick with United for a second. All right. His, tur- uh, his turn of Fafana, uh, the penalty, you know, really nice footballer. really like him. Um, Sancho. Can we talk about him for a sec? Yeah, go. So uh, I like that you're doing this, going through what, what's, what you're feeling good about with United moving forward, what you're yeah. questionable about, because I wanted to do that specifically with two guys in particular, uh, Rashford, who you mentioned, who got his 30th goal in all competitions. What an unbelievable season. And what a, what a, what a great thing for a guy who we think is a really good guy who we like uh, to bounce back from a terrible season the way that he did, uh, a season that caused a lot of people to question what what is his quality exactly? What level does he should he be playing at? I mean, to, you talk about answering that question resoundingly. What a season. Just a player that I love watching. But Sancho is the one that's so interesting to me. He's such a variable Moving forward, JJ, he might be on that that all confusing team too. He's one of these guys who, you can tell. I feel like confidence is everything for him, and he goes through these stretches where maybe he makes a couple mistakes, and he's looking over his shoulder, and he's out of the starting eleven, and he goes through a, a few weeks where it's you almost forget that he's on the team, and then he finds it again. And these past couple of weeks, he has tonight. He was phenomenal. I yeah. thought in this game, an assist. Uh, created five chances was the most of anybody in the game. Uh, I, I thought he was excellent. And, you know, I, I'm sure United fans have asked this question several times over the course of his relatively short tenure with the club, but not that short anymore of just, okay. Like uh, me watching this, I'm kind of having one of those, okay, maybe, maybe this is the moment now it's clicking. And, and I know that, you know, maybe there's boy who cried wolf syndrome here. United fans have probably said, yeah, we've had, we've gone through this before. I got to see it for a longer stretch, but I don't know something about it happening late in the season, a a successful season for the club. Um, I don't know. I'm, it could go either way with him. Like we've seen, you know, there's a reason they wanted him and they paid what they paid for him. There's, there's talent there. Uh, He just, he might be one of these guys that it took a little longer for him to adjust to this league manager changes, whatever. A very Um, specific style of play at Dortmund. Yeah, um, and then coming into a manager who, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who didn't know quite how to use him, and then in the same season, bringing in uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to kind of yeah, that, thing. I don't think that helped. No, you know they've moved him around. So I'm, I'm going to take the positive side of this and say I am, 
I feel good that this is heading in the right direction for him. And if it does, we know the potential. I mean, there, there's a superstar in there potentially. Um, what a huge thing that would be for United if they have that already within their their squad. But I think if you look at the totality of that squad, it's a good finish to finish fourth. And I think there's more business to be done in the summer. Well, they're, I mean, they, the rumor, no one is linked with more players right now than they are. Well, I mean, I, don't know that's, how often, gonna, I mean that's often the case, but um, it needs to happen. And there can't be another Vout Veghorst summer. That won't happen. They're in the Champions League. That will not happen. They're Manchester United, Champions League manager that they believe in. They'll back him. But I, I mean, mean, look, they want Kane. Like that seems clear. They want Kane. They want Declan Rice. Um, Whatever about Rice, I'm not sure about doing Kane. I'm not sure. I, 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 I like. It's not that Kane isn't good enough, or he couldn't contribute, but um, just strikers over thirty. I mean, he's in great form. He scored twenty eight goals this season for a team that were absolute dog. I've so, seen every one of his seasons close up for Tottenham. It's gotten a little bit lost in the shuffle because of how disappointing the overall season was for Spurs. So nobody was really looking to pick out fun, happy stories from that club. Doesn't fit the narrative. JJ, this is he's unbelievable. This is as good as I think he's ever been. Right. I, I really think he he's scored in what is it, twenty five or twenty six different games this season, the most ever. So what you're uh, telling me is his you're game, get- most header, most headed goals in a season ever. He, so you're getting, I think this is the best version of him that you that you, we've seen. Yeah. So you're getting like when Fergie swooped for for Van Persie, it was yeah. at the it was it was at the end of his second really solid season in a row for Arsenal, and he was 29, similar age. So maybe that's maybe, maybe that's the case. But my point is, I just think United are such a crossroads, and getting back in the Champions League is a big thing. But there, I think there's a lot of work to be done. And I wouldn't be relying on some of the players that are there right now. I think there. Ne- I still think there needs to be massive overhaul. And and I think there will be. Okay. But I there. I think what you just did is the exercise that they're going to do. They're going to go through and they're going to say yes, no, yes, no, maybe yes, no. Um, before we get off of this, you mentioned Wesley Fofana. For look, United played well in this game. They obviously deserve to win, but they were helped. Oh my lord! They were aided in their victory. Um, it's it's hard to watch a player, especially at that position where the mistakes you make lead to goals quickly. When a guy is playing with such little confidence, uh, it, it's it's sad. It's it's it almost made me uncomfortable. The I think he pl- played with too much confidence. If he had little <laughs> confidence, he'd never play that ball across the box. But it's what he's being asked to do, right? And I I feel like we've all been there. We're like. We've all played a sport where at some there was a night where we just didn't have it, and maybe our coach didn't quite notice it as quickly as we knew inside we didn't have it, and and there were things that we're just thinking, oh god, no, 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 please don't call my number here. Let me be, just gotcha, let me hide, gotcha. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And like, I mean, let's go through this this night for Wesley Fofana. The first goal, he's beaten on the header by Casemiro, who got who beat him to the ball. Um, he's nutmegged by Bruno, and then immediately he turns around and swings a leg out to try to make up for it, concedes a penalty. Uh, like you just mentioned, he's trying to play out from the back. That's it, it, just the worst thing to watch a guy with no confidence do, play out from the back. And then, by the way, he does that, and then <laughs> some challenge afterwards. Like, there was still a moment after he gave the ball away where he could have done something about it, but his challenge was just... Uh, 
no confidence. Like I, he, he's already afraid. He's given away one penalty. He's afraid of diving in and giving away another one. So he just kind of half asses it. It's this was, was, it perf- this was really a frightening performance. Who was it at a performance like that in the champions league? Was it Upa Meccano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, right. Stinks. Absolutely stinks. And you're right. It's a position where you can't get away. You just can't get away with it there. Um, Lampard's demeanor on the sideline. Like he, at, at, at like three, one or four, one, he just sat down and there was an assistant talking to him kind of animatedly. And it was almost as if Frank was like, it's nothing to do with me. Just kind of, I, just what is the word? Upset, annoyed at what he's watching, annoyed to be associated with it. Well, because he probably is thinking, this is not, this is not my Chelsea. Who, what is this team that I'm I am watching not gonna, that I'm, yeah, that I'm trying to lead out here. That's not going to be going to get me that plum job at wherever. No, know. no. And, and, you know, I've said this before, JJ, last bit on this, uh, on the Chelsea side, um, you know, I've danced around it at times. I've maybe gone a little harder than others, but look, I'm ready to say it. Kai Havertz. I, I got no use for the guy. <laughs> he ain't it. He's just not. I don't want. I wouldn't want him on my team. He might be a good guy. Look, I know he scored in a Champions League final, so maybe he'll always have a place in Chelsea fans' hearts. But Definitely. if he, if he's your guy up front, then you're not good there. He offers nothing to me. Uh, I don't know. Chelsea fans watch them differently on the Reddit page or Twitter or whatever. Chelsea fans, I'd love to hear from you what you think of him. He cost you a pretty penny, and. God knows he's given opportunity after opportunity. And like how many times we have to see him not score or just generally not be effective before it's like, and I guess they've tried, they brought back Obama Yang. Like, I don't know. They're, they are, they're a mess. There's a lot going on there. There, there is. And um, oh, it's just going to be fascinating. Like we, we believe it's going to be Pochettino that comes into this. Um, yeah. What's going on with that? I mean, it's, it's, not, conf- it's not like official yet, but it's, no. it is, isn't it? It's more or less done, I think. The Tottenham fan in me is still just grasping at straws until I see, until I see the press conference. I think the uh, it's it's going to be interesting for Pochettino because where does he work best? Work walking into clubs, working in clubs, Espanol, Southampton, Tottenham, where there weren't a huge amount of well-paid stars. Now, I'm not saying Chelsea has a lot of stars right now but they have a lot of expensive players who are underperforming deeply. But they've all been humbled. This year was truly humbling for well, all you of them. Well, you hope they've been humbled. You don't know. How have they not been? Yeah, you hope is, so. This is really embarrassing what's going that on Because that gives Pochettino something to work with. They've right. been broken down. Now I'm going to mold you. And he's the right guy for that. He, I, he's a player's coach, but he, uh, but he's very smart. Oh, look, you know what I think. I think, I think the world of that guy. Um, so Manchester United, congratulations back. Back in the Champions League, Dan, uh, who you mentioned before, he texted me uh, earlier today, back where we belong. Uh, save it for your United group text, all right? I don't need that. Uh, let's see. We continue now, JJ. Manchester City and Brighton, um, 1-1 draw. I don't have anything. Well, we've done a lot on City. They won a title the other day. We've blah, got blah, an blah. FA Cup to recap. They've they got a Champions League final coming up. Yeah, so I got they did nothing it all, to say here. They did it all on a meager budget, which we, you know, which our City fans are very... It's not all about the money. We've got Pep Guardiola, and he's here because of the... Oh, yeah. So, obviously, there's more to be said about them. But for me, not today. The Brighton side is more the one that I'm looking at, just because this is kind of... You know, they've they've qualified for the Europa League. I mean, this is an incredible accomplishment 
for this uh, for this club. And I mean, my God, like you talk about going about it the right way. Um, I saw this tweeted from uh, Varsky Sports, JJ. Uh, Brighton since uh, 2021, the basically the incomings and the outgoings um, between Kukare between bringing in since 2021 the following players: Kukurea, Estupinian, and Ciso, Caicedo, and Matoma. That cost them all of those players combined cost them a total of 47.1 million pounds. All of those guys combined, that's what they paid to acquire all that talent. Now that's the amazing. outgoings since then. Kukurea to Chelsea, 63 million. Ben White to Arsenal, 50. Basuma to Spurs, 35. Trossard to Arsenal, 27. Malpe to Everton, 15. Dan Byrne to Newcastle, another 13. The outgoings have gotten them back 203 million. JJ, they're going to lose some guys. We know that. Alexis McAllister appears all but gone. Um, Caicedo appears to be gone. But Beyond that, it seems like they're going to try to keep guys. If they keep the rest of that team, if they keep that manager, and if they continue to spend wisely the way that they have with that obscene amount of of net gain profit that they have over the past two seasons, I mean, what what are we at the front edge of here? Like, what is is it wrong to start talking about like a Champions League? ceiling for this team in an era of city and Newcastle United now possibly being bought by owners with pockets that go on to infinity. I I don't know what's possible for them, but like the, the neutral fan to me looks at them and wants this to succeed because they're, they're so clearly going about this in a, in a smart and intelligent way. And you want to see that you want to see that rewarded. Yeah, you do. And you want, you want some market forces to to cool themselves. So you want you don't want to see the cycle of players being plucked from clubs. Like so Matoma, um Estupinan, Ferguson, like Evan Ferguson's been linked with everybody now. Yeah. And he has so much upside. He's a top goal scoring teenager in the Premier League, 10 goals all competitions, 18. And you saw the two goals he got against Southampton. They were brilliant. So what, for this to continue, for us to have a real idea of, of how they can push on, we need all the market forces of football to not impact them over the next 12 months. Well, those, I mean, and those market forces will impact them. But and it's what a matter you're saying is they're going to be, they're going to continue to be wise and savvy and, and hit gold with, with the players they bring in. And that's what we'll find out. Have they gotten lucky? <laughs> no, or, but but don't forget they've already been, um, like they've already been kind of shorn of some of like the the brains and the um the kind of the think tank that got them where they are. Like they lost their manager mid season to Chelsea. They done brilliantly well to get the Jerby in, but they've also you know Dan Ashworth gone plucked by whom Newcastle United. Mm. So at some point, the erosion keeps going. And Southampton, were, they're a point in case, um, also down on the south coast, where the erosion that I mentioned can only, um, you can only stay unaffected for, by it for so long. And it, eventually it, it, it chips away at you. We're in the early stages now with, with Brighton, and it's so exciting. And what Deserby's done in 
like it just it's such a short period of time like the way they play he's he's made he's refined and and he's doing things now that pep guardiola is saying and we know pep loves to praise people um that aren't on other teams because it i do think he subconsciously he likes other managers and players to do well because it reflects well on his achievements and he can sleep safe at night and not really dwell on the bountiful bags of cash he's been given. But he's right when he says um, the things the Gerbi is doing with this team are new and they're innovative. And I don't know if they could survive losing the Gerbi in the summer. And wh- where's your next de coming from? Like uh, I don't know, but then again, we didn't really... I didn't know about him. So no, I mean... Out, we, there's another one out there, presumably. We remember Graham Soonis, was it, attacking his resume. Right, that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's holding one of the biggest L's of the season. The L... Well, he did something lovely. He's doing something lovely for a charity. Um, which is and the video of him talking about it has gone viral this week since he retired from Sky Sports. So he's holding a massive W. But in terms of a football analysis, the L is so big, Andrew, that he needs to apply for planning permission to bring it to his house. This mm-hmm. L blocks out the sun of his neighbors. Enormous L. So, so that is crucial to me that Dejerby stays there, um, that, that Ferguson gets another few seasons to develop because God knows what he could be. Matoma as well. Is it does Matoma strike you, Andrew, as one of those brilliant players? And you think, oh my God, someone's got to buy him. And then a bigger side buys him, and he's like, just doesn't work out, ends up a little bit of time on the bench. Maybe I've just got a a notion of the kind of player he is, but he's devastating. I think he's brilliant. I don't know. I think he could, uh, it's hard to say. Like, Like, if Newcastle went in for him, I think he'd. He'd play there. Yeah. He starts point, for them. My point being is I really hope that everything we know about modern football in the Premier League and the top flight, that those forces are not exert, exerted on Brighton. Well, they but will think, be. They will be, which is why yeah. they have to win now. Like, this is like, there's no more like, okay, if we can keep building here three, four, five years from now, who knows where we'll be? No. no for clubs like you, it doesn't work like that because you're going to be torn to shreds. So you got to do it now. Like the Europa League, win it next year. Like FA Cup, you got to get one. You know, Leicester, look, Leicester did this. They had their moment. It lasted for a decent amount of time. They won a, a they won a Premier League and an FA Cup. Now they're going to no. get relegated. Like, you know, they, like this is, so they, Southampton, like you said, they, they had a decent run. They got torn to pieces and now they're getting relegated. They, so when they you, never when, got their trophy. When you, what you're saying is when that window opens, you got to jump through it. The, and it's, it's open. It's happening. The, yeah. they, they got it. Like, I, there's going to be players there who aren't happy about it, but they, it's, it's time. They have to be selfish now. Like, I know they're going to let, I think, two guys go, Caicedo and, and McAllister, but then be, slam that window shut. No right. one else is leaving. This, we're going forward with this team. We got all this money to spend. We're going to bring in a few other great players, and we're going to win the Europa League. We're going to try to. We're going to try our damnedest to fight on multiple fronts and qualify for top four. Like, you know, or I guess if you win the Europa League, you don't have to qualify for top four. You're in the Champions League. So, uh, I think that like they've got to. It's it's full steam ahead. They got to keep as much of this group and this manager together as they can. Deserby talked about it. He said, "I don't know the future. I don't know the policy of these players." Um, he said this to BBC's Match of the Day. 
Uh, he said, I think they deserve to play in another level, but we have to be ready to bring in more big players because we will play for competitions. Mm. Um, talking about fighting on, on multiple, on multiple fronts. fronts. Um, yeah. Oh, it's look, gonna be I, tough. Guys are gonna want to go. They're gonna want to play for bigger clubs. But <laughs> there's something there's something fun with this Brighton side right now, and, and it's, you'd like to see them keep it together the best they can. Oh, I, I it would it would I don't know. It would make me believe again that, there, that these kind of stories are still possible in the game. Uh, having said that, we move now to our next story, which is Tottenham's managerial search Ugh. and how desperately I would like them to get that manager to be Tottenham's manager. <laughs> Is that wrong of me in in one sentence to say uh, keep it together, Brighton, and then in the next to say I'd give up everything for that guy? <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, I don't know if he's doing it right now. No, I don't think so either. And I don't know that Tottenham would be the team that would that would convince him to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit of 2021 PTSD, JJ, with Tottenham's managerial search after going to bed last night thinking that Arn Arn slot. Uh, was going to be Spurs' next manager, and then waking up this morning to find out that he said, no, nah, I'm, I'm good at uh, Feyenoord. Uh, Dan Kilpatrick in The Standard wrote this, either Spurs were used by the 44-year-old as leverage in his contract negotiations with Feyenoord, or they were turned down by slot, or they were unable to agree a compensation package with the Eredivisie champions. Whatever the case, Spurs' situation is starting to bear alarming similarities to their shambolic summer of 2021 when they limped to the end of a dispiriting season under interim head coach Ryan Mason before a summer of lurching from one managerial target to the next. And we all know how that ended, JJ. It ended with Nuno. Uh, Now, I'll say this. That is because there are some similarities there of initial targets apparently not wanting to go to Tottenham or them not working out for whatever reason, i.e. slot Nagelsmann Poch and Poch going to a direct rival makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, now, just because that is the case, the only reason I would say that I'm not at threat level midnight here in terms of <laughs> threat level midnight in terms of, yeah, it's an office reference in terms of the, uh, <laughs> the, the 2021 comparisons. Defcon three. Um, I'm not there quite yet because unlike 2021, I feel like there are still a lot of names that I actually wouldn't be devastated to fall into. Um, so can I throw a name at you? Sure. Discussed by Miguel Delaney today. Uh, personally, think Pastacoglu would be a very good appointment for Spurs. You only have to look at how Celtic fans shared the same questions, comments as Spurs are now, and then quickly loved him. In terms of, and I'll just give you my, my two cents, in terms of what Levy has promised and not fulfilled in any of the managers he's had lately mm-hmm. is the idea of playing football the Tottenham way. Uh, so after Mourinho left, he made that statement, or left, was removed. He made that statement that we need to get back to the principles, the core principles of the club and a manager who reflects the way we play. And right. then they signed Nuno. It was one of the greatest lies ever told. Right. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. But if he's serious, <laughs> he clearly isn't. But if he does want a manager with those credentials, uh, Postacoglu might be his man. Uh, what he's done at Celtic, underpinned by very clever, savvy signings of players, some um, a lot from J- the Japanese uh, J-League um, has created a style of play that, all right, in Europe, it wasn't very successful because they just simply came up against teams that were better than them. But 
I mean, the way he got that to work and how quickly he got it to work, it's attractive. It's very attractive. Players working very, very hard, pressing, winning the ball back, um, attacking in waves, uh, combination play. That is all very Tottenham, or rather, that is all what Tottenham think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on Pasta Coglu? I would be fine with it. I don't fine? know. I don't know that I speak for. Well, here's my my look. My only reservation it's a it's a close minded one. It's he's possibly Australian. not fair. No, no, it's not that. Yeah. No, it's 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 where he's experienced his success as a manager that I that I just kind of like worry about. Like he's doing this. Okay, he's experienced a ton of success at Celtic, but like you you have to win there. Like you you and I could almost go there and and win titles. Oh my word! The it's the state of that league, JJ. Come on, like Scottish football. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying. Like anything other than winning there is is like what if. What's going on? Is this guy fit to manage anywhere? He can't win at Celtic in Scotland. Like, but don't it's forget that's the state of it right now. So I'm being harsh. Like, I agree. A, a, a friend of mine where I work is a diehard Celtic fan. So I asked him today. I was like, "Hey," oh. I said to him, "I was like, what's your, uh, what are your thoughts on on Ange?" And before I even said anything else, or before he even said anything else, the first thing he said was, "Don't even think about taking him from us." Wow. He loves him. Yep. They all love him there. Um, you know, the style, like w- much of what you just described, he said to me, the style he plays is is an attack-minded one. So good. Uh, yeah. So so I would I would be on board with it. I'm saying I don't know that I speak for the majority of Tottenham fans because I, I just can't help but wonder if they're just will be – I don't know that he's anyone's first choice. And so, like, like for me, Deserby would probably be – if I had my first choice, it would probably be him. Um, but I don't, I get the sense that that's unrealistic. I would be fine with Ange. Like that would, I'd be excited about that, but I don't know that like that would instill it, that would, that it would reinvigorate the fan base that is in this moment of crappy morale. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder he's, he's abrasive in interviews, but he's also warm. He's, he's charismatic without being like creepy or, or overbearing or over the top. His teams play very good attacking football. I, I I think he could win over the Tottenham fan base. I really do. Now, I'm not saying that you're automatic top four with this guy, I'm not, but you're pushing for it. You're there. Well, he's he going to inherit a really hard project. I, I mean, there are definitely pieces there, obviously, that they can be a good team. But and like, who's his director of football going to be? Well, that that's the other problem right now is that I can't help it. Are Tottenham going about this entirely in the wrong order? Like the, the reports, you know, Nagelsmann, was hesitant because he didn't know who the director of football is. Um, like, shouldn't it be you hire a director of football who then hires a manager? Kind of like what's happening with the U.S. You know, like they wanted to I, get I, Crocker in first before they went out and chose a manager. They like this feels out of order to me. Yeah, I mean, but then that would Levy that would that would have Levy having to. Hire a director of football with specific set of principles that would ma- that would meld or match with the manager he then gets, and I'm not sure he has the football acumen to do that. This is, I mean, this is a guy who stumbled across one great manager in uh, in 20 years of of running the club. 
Well, I don't know if I entirely agree with that. It's true. I mean, yeah, I guess Potch is on a level that I would I would put him above the others, but that doesn't mean that Redknapp was a bad appointment. It doesn't mean that Martin. I mean, Yold Redknapp was, was a stopgap appointment, and but it, it worked out well. Worked out very well. I mean, but he like, deserves credit for it. I, I mean, mean I think okay, I think Martin, I think Martin Yole was a good appointment ah, for Tottenham. He was. He was. He was literally an assistant that was given the job and it turned out all right and he kept going. There's not, what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't, I just don't believe Levy. I think what he's done with the ground, I think in terms of entertainment, he's made Tottenham one of the premier music and, and entertainment venues in London. You love in parading Europe. this line. It's become one of your favorite lines. To, to I've seen it on Twitter. I, you're going to probably have t-shirts made. <laughs> By the way, you just enjoy saying it. Guys, give me a little bit more time because I have a child coming, but I can't wait to get the merch out to you. And 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 I maybe I will make a T-shirt like that. Maybe I will. What if uh, what if Tottenham winds up with Marco Silva? If you were me, would you be happy about that? Yes, you would. Yes, I'm not sure. That's the one where I I, I can't tell. What if they wind up with Brendan Rodgers? How should I feel about that? Uh, I I I know he's had success, but for, I don't know why. I can't get ex- I can't get excited about it. I feel like that's a little bit unfair to his track record because he's a tremendous football club. Andrew, <laughs> See, I'm all, that's the problem. Is like I'm already annoyed for when Tottenham play like garbage, and then he tells me that they played with tremendous character, and I just want to throw up. Like, yeah. I'm I'm already I'm annoyed for a thing that hasn't even happened yet. If he were the manager, and there's also a ceiling with him as well. You feel as if he can put together good seasons, but will he necessarily get them over the line in what they need to be? I mean, if I don't know, if Steven Gerrard doesn't slip, is, is the ceiling with him? Do we think differently of what that ceiling is? Like, I, I don't know. That was that was lightning in a bottle. I still think people give him far too much credit for what happened that year. Far too much credit. I want Deserby. I'd be happy with Ange. Um, Luis Enrique, you could convince me. You could I, I, you could get me to a place where I'd be happy about that. Silva, I'm not sure. Rogers, I don't really want. Um, who am I? Who am I not remembering here? I know that there are other candidates. Um, Alan Kerbishley. Okay, right, thank you for taking this seriously in a moment of need. Neil <laughs> um, Warnock. I, you know what? You, I mean, what if Warnock we'll gets some entertaining there. press conferences? Oh my God, I love it. Andrew, go to bed and stay healthy. Stay healthy. Hydrate. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll, right now, there are still candidates. Th- th- like I said, to circle back, this is not 2021 yet because there are still candidates out there. I just rattled off a bunch that I would be pleased with. After 2021, once Conte turned them down, we were already kind of getting near the end of, of the barrel. Um, that is not the case here. Well, let's reconvene in a month. If Tottenham still haven't hired anyone uh, because they've been turned down by every guy under the sun, then we'll we'll have a new conversation. But I'm not there yet. It's not panic time yet. There's still there's still candidates out there that I'm enthused about. So, um, yeah. Uh, the last question I have for you, and, and put your jokes aside and all your you know your mockery and all that. Um, but in all seriousness, and this is a real question that I don't know. Okay. Are they are they a desirable job right now for a manager? I still think so. Uh, London-based, Premier League club, brand new stadium, fan base full of... Angry, bitter, impatient people. Yeah, but also full of a a desire to have nice things and to be good. I think it's... Probably about to lose their best player. I I still think it's desirable. Okay. 
Um, Tottenham has great stadiums and technology. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what are we doing next? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. Let's take a break. We'll collect ourselves. Uh, we'll come back on the other side of that because there's a, a couple of Vinicius updates from La Liga that I think are, are oh, certainly worth mentioning. The story doesn't get any better because I've got some quotes. Okay, so so there's a little bit of that. Gareth Southgate also had some quotes that I, I think you probably in particular would find entertaining. And then I, I want to close on, as we enter the final weekend of the season, the thing that you're most excited about. I know what mine is. Um, I don't know if ours will overlap. I'm curious, but I, I, I definitively know, know what mine is. And I'll tell you right now, it ain't in England. All right, so still a lot more caught offside to come. Oh. Don't go anywhere. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, back now on Caught Offside as JJ. We're now... Roughly 55 minutes closer than we were at the start of this podcast to fatherhood. Yeah. I, should I? Maybe it's bad luck to drop the name. What do you think? Um, okay. Well, I know you. Uh, I can't. I, I, know the, I know the name. You were very, at the party that we had for you, you, you were throwing it around very recklessly. I was stunned. Uh, that wasn't the only thing I was reckless with. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was, there was a lot of drink taken. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It was fun though. It was, it was fun. We it's need nice those days. Blowout. Need those oh, days. Oh yeah. Perfect day. Now, one um, thing about this child, um, yeah. in the end, this child will miss it by only a day, but JJ, you were, you were this, you were this close to the child being born on the same day, the same anniversary of your greatest moment in this sport, JJ. Yeah, it was so close to being born on Istanbul day. Uh, the 3-3, the comeback, the 2005 European Champions League final. Probably the greatest Champions League final we've ever seen. Certainly one of the most entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it popped up on my timeline today and I got goosebumps. And I'm not going to give you Jersey Dudek save, although I could. I'm not going to give you Xabi Alonso's penalty to equalize, although I could. Uh, the winning Jersey Dudek save from Shevchenko, none of that. This is the call, Clive Tilsley on the call for the first goal of the comeback from Steven Gerrard. Touchdown by Cafu. It was Gerrard! Hello! Hello! Here we go! Steven Gerrard puts 
Liverpool fans inside the stadium. Oh, hello. 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 Here we go. Brilliant. It's a great header from Gerard. It's a brilliant header. How he's got between Yapstam and I think, was it Maldini? I don't know. No one's picked him. And it kind of summed the game up, that whole passage of play, because Risa gets it, fires the ball at Cafu, and it just falls nicely again, spinning in, in place on the, on the turf. And it's a super cross from Risa. A player. What is the podcast where they go, where they, they name old MLB players? They go, here's some guys. And they just like name like Brandon Inge or. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Someone like that. What's that podcast? I have no idea. Oh, uh, like the Sid but, but I would, Daily podcast. I don't know. I would love us to have a segment where we just name some guys. And John Arnorisa will be there. Is he just some guy, though? I always thought pretty highly of him. No, I, I've always liked him, and I think Liverpool fans liked him as well. But well, he's more than Brandon Inge. <laughs> I've not heard uh, John Arnorisa's name in so long until today, and it was it was glorious. Um, Eighteen years. That's oh, a that's a I remember where I was game. Oh my god! Ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, one day she could have come out a day earlier. If she had, would it have would it have inspired you to have changed the name to something pertaining to that, like uh, Smitsa or uh, 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 the middle name, not the first name, because I do have a partner in this who you know? happens to be a Tottenham fan. Right. Like, so I was looking would... for a gift for you, and I was looking through like Liverpool baby clothes. And then like, I was literally, I had one picked out and before I put in my credit card info, I was, I stopped myself. I was like, wait a second. Like the, the mother of this child is a diehard Tottenham fan. Yeah. Like, what am I doing here? Pushing this child right into the arms of Liverpool when the, <laughs> the woman who's actually going to give birth to the thing is Spurs. So like, that, this is wrong. So I went, I just went us. Yeah. You tried to cap tire. <laughs> yeah. 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 We Beautiful. want her with us. Beautiful onesie, U.S. Uh, men's national team onesie. It was so lovely. Uh, received that last night. Slightly annoyed that you're trying to cap tie my child because she may she may Declan Rice all of you, um, and That's what we're and going reverse for. Rice and play for play for Ireland. Oh. But um, no, no middle names. I, it would have been. How does Roshin Javi Devani work? Well, there it is, everyone. He just revealed the name. Oh, he did. Yeah, Roshin. There we go. There's Roshin no Javi taking Devani. it back now. Roshin Vladimir. Yeah, that works. Roshin uh, Jersey. Roshin Dudek. Roshin yeah, Steven. Dudek, Dudek works. Yeah. Uh, Dudek Devani. Dudek Devani is a powerful name. That's a strong name. It is. She sounds like she's going to be a, a, uh, a congresswoman. Dudek Devani. Um, Dudek the, Devani speaking. So yeah, 18 years ago today. Unbelievable. Wow. Does not crazy. Like Absolutely crazy. Long ago. Uh, let's see, JJ, some developments over the past 48, 72 hours or so in the uh, the Vinicius racial abuse controversy. Um, so Javier Tebas gave a, uh, a 90-minute press conference going through all of this, apologizing mm. for um, his initial 
tweets, which seemed to be almost clapping back at Vinicius in a moment where that was just a wrong, b highly inappropriate. Um, he talked about the basically the the conflict that this league has in trying to levy punishment. Um, that there are constraints from the Spanish government that they are trying to work through. Um, I have quotes here. You want me to go through some of the big ones? Give me, give me the big stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'll get to what I think is the most interesting one, but to start with JJ, I'm just reading from the guardian. Um, They write, uh, would it be a good idea? This is Tebas talking. Would it be a good idea for us to start thinking about the system of docking points? I do think so. Um, Tebas said of a measure recently adopted in Brazilian football, Yes, certainly. I think that would be very positive if it could be adopted here. I think that would be enough with a view to the future. But with the current sanctions framework we have here, we don't have the ability to apply it ourselves. The authority to levy sanctions against fans and clubs for racist behavior lies in the scope of the legal system and a competitions committee comprised of representatives of the Spanish Football Association, the government, and La Liga. Tebas has requested that La Liga should have the right to act unilaterally with docking points, Uh, a sanction that would stand alongside the partial closure of stadiums, a punishment this week meted out to Valencia by the committee. Um, So the things that are curious to me, JJ, so he waited until this week to formally request a change to the laws um, that was so poor, and he acknowledged that those laws were poor. Why? Vinicius has been targeted with racial abuse eight or nine times this season. Why did it take until the end of May? for him to formally request permission Mm. from the Spanish government to finally go through this. Uh, He said, we thought we were making progress in the courts when we made direct complaints. In the case of Mallorca and Vinicius in February this year, the two responsible for the insults have been sanctioned. It seemed we had been making progress and the state prosecutors were supporting us, but we've seen that it is not enough. We need greater agility. We need more speed. We need to solve these problems more quickly. Tabus uh, repeated his claim that if La Liga was given increased powers, quote, we are convinced that within months, racist abuse can be solved. So that's the part that is most interesting to me. He says we're convinced that within months, if we're given this power, racist abuse can be solved. Now, for for one, he's wrong. I hate to say that. I would love for that to be true. I don't believe that that Javier Tabas and a, a policy change can solve racial abuse uh, that has basically become institutionally ingrained within Spanish football. Uh, and we're all mm. coming to see that now. I don't believe that can be solved within months. Um, but but here's the question that I have. He believes that. He's saying that. So he's so sure that all of this would be solved within months if they were given increased powers. But he didn't think to ask for those powers until now? What the hell were you waiting for? Or was it just not seen as an internal priority? He thinks Bingo. it could be solved within months? But he waited this long to ask for it. What's he thinking? Today was our today's ninety minute press conference was all about trying to distance himself from the things he'd already said. That's what it felt like, uh, and he, he bemoaned the fact I wasn't. I was. I was misconstrued. I was taken up wrong. I was just merely trying to explain to Vinicius Junior. You know when he was when he was clearly admonishing him for complaining, and admonishing him for not turning up for two of those kind of uh, hearings where he was going to be explained to where he was going to be lectured to lectured. Absolutely. Um, bizarre from Tevis today. I, I do think it was an exercise in trying to, um, Hey, I'm not the bad guy here. Uh, not buying it. 
I think the thing that he wanted to impress, I think his initial tweets back to Vinicius were to try to remind him or convince him that we're not the problem here. We're trying, we're trying to do this, but the Spanish government and this competitions committee, they're getting in our way of, of acting yeah. as quickly as you want. But that's going to fall on deaf ears because you could have you could have lodged the formal request to have the policy changed months ago, years ago. Right. It shouldn't have it shouldn't have taken this moment. It should have but- happened already. So uh, Vinicius doesn't want to hear that. The fans who are in who are enraged about this, don't want to hear it. Ancelotti doesn't want to hear it. He could have changed this. And also there was a tone to it, Andrew. And it's the tone that um, many black people get spoken to with when they complain about racism. Like, hey, 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 you have no right to get upset. We're doing our best here. Uh, No, sorry. They do have a right to get upset. They are tired by this stuff. And it is it's incumbent upon you as the, one of the thought leaders and the actual leaders of Spanish football to sort it out. You can't get all upset and you can't think that it's unfair to be confronted about this. Um, I didn't think things could get much more depressing in terms of a player, player, fellow professionals reactions. And I saw quotes online on Twitter that were not uh, attributed to a, a a a publication or a journal but i looked it up and these are real things that former liverpool goalkeeper pepe reina said he was interviewed by john castro for marca and it's there it's on the website andrew um, so it's a question and answer kind of style layout of the interview uh, the first question was what is your general vision of the venetius affair pepe reina's answer First and foremost, any racist behavior must be stopped. Then, I do not believe that there is racism in all the stadiums in Spain or that an entire stadium is racist. There are the typical fools who are difficult to always contain. What you have to do is identify them and never enter a stadium again. Those four, eight or thousand who call Vinicius a monkey must be condemned. It's sad that this happens. Okay. Having said that. Oh, here we go. I see that sometimes it's not just racism. It's not that a fan is racist or not, but rather that they take it out on a specific player because he can talk too much at one point. It's happened to, it, uh, to us, everyone, me included. As general reflection, the less you provoke the stands, the less you provoke the rivals, and the less you protest to the referee, the more respect you will have from everyone. He's asked, you played against Vinicius and you had a fight with him. Reina, I, from my humble position, even if only because of seniority, told him to dedicate himself more to playing, that he should focus more on that, on being a great footballer, because he is fast, unbalancing, always defining a goal. He's becoming one of the best in the world, but I think he must also mature in behavior, in having more respect for his rivals, in understanding some unwritten football values or codes. That would improve the performance. It can't be that every game away from home is a war from him for as a war for him see this like is that, the thing like that's so depressing man and like, look I, no one is asking like look there are players out there that i don't like yeah um no one is asking like not everyone has to look at vinicius as their favorite player but i think what you do when you make comments like this is that whether it's his whether it's his intended goal or not what you're doing is you're excusing the behavior you're giving an out to the people that are acting this way, that are making the, the, these racist gestures 
towards him. Um, it's there's that, just no the, the reaction to any showmanship, any uh bravado, any braggadociousness is not to racially abuse someone. Like you're, you're this line of thought that well, he must have done something. Yeah, what are we talking about? That's de- that's depressing, and you wish that like that's the part of it that is just so. So unhelpful. Like hearing Pepe Reina make those comments, I'm sorry. It undoes everything that he had said leading up to that. Yeah. That we need to get these people out of the sport, these fools in these stadiums. And you know, like that that all now falls on deaf ears to me because you're in your next paragraph, you're excusing that behavior. You're you're saying that Vinicius, uh, his own actions are in some way inciting or inviting. In, 2000, in 2004, I think it was. Uh, Sven Joran Eriksson took England to play Spain in a friendly. I can't remember what the city was. And the black players there on, 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 that were playing that day, I think it was Ashley Cole. Every time a black player touched a ball, there was audible monkey chants from the stands to the point where I think both John Motson and co-commentator Mark Lawrenson said, what year is it? Now, what year is it now? 19 years later. Like, stop going on. Spain isn't racist. It absolutely is racist. And I don't want to hear from other people as well. Oh, well, England's got a racial problem. I saw it in the, in the Reddit. Where's this magical land with no racism that, racism that Vinicius could go play in? Stop it. There's racial incidents in every single country. There's racism in every single country. But if you're telling me that he goes to England and he's racially abused en masse by thousands of people every game, I'm telling you, that's not happening. It's not. Um, Stop pretending it is. Last thing I have on this before we we move on, I I did want to ask you, I know we kind of made light of it a little bit, Javier Tebas saying that uh, he believes this punishment of docking points could solve the problem within months. You know, we're, we're kind of saying he's living in a fantasy land or he's just pandering to uh, try to make up for previous comments. Having said that, what do you think of that as a punishment? Like, I, I do believe that the, I'm not, I wouldn't say that it will solve the problem in months, but I, I do believe that that is an effective punishment. I think it should be part of a, a wide ranging uh, form of punishments, uh, stadium closures. If the fans can't behave, you have a right. You run these venues. You have a right to say exactly what behavior happens in those stands. People pay for their ticket. They sign up to a code of conduct. That's the first thing. Second thing, the, the invigilation of, of the stadium. If someone spend the money, make sure the cameras are there. And if you see people doing it, you make examples. They're banned for life from all Spanish football stadia. Simple as that. Fines, points deductions. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. Make it a full gamut of, of penalties. That's the, that's the only way. Uh, and be serious. And if it's widespread enough, postpone games. Pull Pull teams off the field. Don't just go through the protocol. Be serious about it. Yeah. Whatever you do, follow through with it. Absolutely. Um, let's see. We continue on here, JJ. Uh, moving now to your uh, no story of the week. <laughs> Gareth Southgate says that Harry Maguire's place with England could be under threat. Imagine that, JJ. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. What a revelation. Uh, Southgate says, inevitably talking about Maguire's playing time and, and his season at United, 
and what it means for his place at England. Southgate says, inevitably, it's not a situation that can continue forever, said Southgate, who has handed Maguire over 50 England caps and included him in his squad for next month's Euro 2024 qualifiers. I'm reading here from ESPN FC. It's, uh, Southgate continues, it's like Calvin Phillips. They are important players for us. And with Calvin, we haven't got many players who can play as that single pivot. Of course, the longer the situation goes on, the more concerning it is. And we've got in Mark Gahey, Lewis Dunk, Tyrone Mings, players who are all playing well without the same experience of club European football or international football. But we've got to keep searching for competition in that area of the pitch. J.J., Harry Maguire has started seven games for Manchester United this season. He's appeared in 15. What are we talking about here? I know. right? I... He's not He's not England level right now. He's just not. And the fact that this is like pulling teeth to get this out of Southgate just shows how obsessed he is with this guy. Yeah, and also with loyalty. Um, because it wasn't that long ago when Maguire was in wretched form and wretched form from England um, that uh, October 18, 2022, Southgate doesn't want to drop Harry Maguire, the athletic. Um, I know everybody says he's important to me. He's important to us. It's us, not me. So like this is, this whole vibe, this whole camp, this whole, set up for England has been based on loyalty since 2018. He was very much uh, Southgate, a ride or die manager. Now, unfortunately the time has come to die. Oh my God. <laughs> he can't keep going with Maguire. Uh, this is definitely your no S story of the week. I, I don't know what else to say about it. The guy is, yeah. I actually, it's the point where what top half premier league team is going to take a chance on him. Not as a starting center back. No. No. So No. So this is, uh, he finally said it, but he got there in the end, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, finally, JJ, like we said, we're heading into the final weekend of the league seasons around Europe. And so I, I ask you simply what you're most looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to Dortmund and Mainz. And I'm looking for a clone and uh, Bayern. On Saturday, the 9.30 kickoffs uh, Eastern time in the Bundesliga. And obviously, uh, the Premier League relegation race with Everton, Leicester and Leeds. I mean, Leeds looks sunk, but Tottenham look (laughs) pathetic. Yeah. So Leeds can get it done. Everton should get it done against Bournemouth, who are, I mean, if they're not on the beach. That's such a big sentence. Everton should should like Leicester Leicester hosting West Ham. I actually fancy Leicester to win there. This could get tasty. Could get tasty. I mean, they're all intriguing matchups. There's no question about that. They're all kind of 50-50s. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a fascinating relegation race. Uh for me, it's uh the answer to the question is the first thing that you touched on there. I am I am riveted by the conclusion to this race in the Bundesliga. Can Dortmund do it? Can they beat Mainz and unseat Bayern from their decade of dominance? I just want to go a little deeper here on Dortmund. Um, You know, they were sixth at the World Cup break. Like, this was not always destined to happen. Um, Sebastian Haller, what a great, incredible story this is. You know, he returned in January and like he's finding his form now and he's not just like a bit part happy ending to this story that, you know, of everything that he's overcome and been through. Like he's a game changer. 
<laughs> he only started 14 games. He appeared in 18 this season for Dortmund. And yet no one on that team has scored more goals than him in the league this season with his nine. He's tied with uh, Danielle Malin and Julian Brandt. Like, I don't know. I, I look at Dortmund and, and they've got to get this across the line. They're not there yet. And part of me almost needs to see it to believe it because I'm just so conditioned to believe that Bayern, like they'll just, they find a way. That's just how it is. Bayern, um, uh, Bayern find a way. But like, I'm already thinking about this from the, the Dortmund perspective of, of the guys that I'm kind of happy for in this moment. Like, you know, Holler, obviously. Uh, Kareem Adeyemi, I think, is one of the most exciting young players in Europe. Obviously, Bellingham. Uh, but there's two guys that I kind of have in mind in particular. One is the manager in Eden Terzic, who like this was always his club. He's a Dortmund kid. It's where he grew up. That was always his team. Adam Bate had uh, an article up in Sky Sports about this moment for Dortmund and about Terzic. In particular, he writes, uh, Paul Lambert, who played at Dortmund, first came across Terzic when he was Slavin Bilic's assistant manager at West Ham. Quote from Lambert, I knew he was a Dortmund fan then because he told me. Emphatically, this is his club. Uh, Sebastian Kell, who's Dortmund's sporting director, describes him as a child of Dortmund. Quote, Born and raised here in our club, in our scouting department as an assistant coach, he understands the club, he identifies with the club, and has its values. He was the right man at the right time to lead Dortmund. Uh, like, God, what a what a dream come true for him that this would be. This guy who, like, this was always his destiny. I'm sure he he felt that he needed to be the guy to, to do this, and he could actually get it across the line, his boyhood club. But then even more than him, JJ, there's one other guy that I'm thinking about should this happen. Marco Royce. Ah, Marco Royce. He joined Dortmund in 2012-2013 from Borussia Mönchengladbach. That was one year after Dortmund's title and the same year that Bayern beat Dortmund in the Champions League final. He's been a constant for this Dortmund team through all of the frustration, through all the close calls. But even beyond that, he missed the World Cup this year through injury. Go back further. He was supposed to be on the 2014 Germany World Cup winning side, but he suffered an ankle injury in their last warm-up game before the tournament. Had to miss out. You remember Mario Götze holding up Royce's jersey at the end after they won Mm. in a tribute to him. This guy has dealt with a lot of disappointment in his career, a lot of near misses. Seeing him lift that trophy in that stadium, they'll be at home in front of those fans, it just feels right, and you could see it already. Like I don't want them to get ahead of themselves. But like you could start to see it last week when they overtook Bayern, when they beat Augsburg. Go back and look. Like you can find him. Like in the the wide shot of the field when the full time whistle blows. A lot of guys for Dortmund. They're tired. They're kind of standing around. One guy when the full full time whistle blows. One guy on that field falls to his knees and screams as loud as he can. And it's Marco Royce because I think he can taste it. They're getting close, and he has been waiting forever for this moment with this club. I think this will be a huge moment for a lot of guys, but I think it hits different for him with all that he's been through there. I couldn't agree with you more. He's such a, he's one of European football's great nearly men. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like he's so talented. We know how talented he is, but I guarantee you at the moment of that highest talent, he's going to have an injury. He's going to have something that pulls him away, pulls him back. There's also some other guys who are kind of nearly men like Julian Brandt. Like how long have we kind of been talking about him as like this, this amazing player. And he's like 27 now. It's it's kind of snuck up on us. Like he always seemed baby faced. And um, and Emery Chan. Emery Chan there, like, you know, I suppose another guy didn't really work out his four years at Liverpool. Um, wasn't that he was bad, just kind of wasn't part of a great side. Gets in, 
last a little bit under Klopp, but then has gotten rid of, and it would be amazing for him too. And 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 Mats Hummels, fellas like that. There's they're a very likable side. There's a lot of guys in it where you want them. You, you're kind of rooting for them, and there's no kind of about it. I really want them to win the league. I kind of do. Like I don't have like a real horse in this race, but I kind of I just want to see them do it. No, I, they're I don't my know. horse. Absolutely. Um, there is one other name that I do want to mention here, JJ. That's probably taken us longer to mention than people might have thought. Um, Gio Reyna. Gio mm. Reyna is on the verge of winning a title here with Borussia Dortmund. Now, his story is obviously an interesting one because this year has been, uh, to put it mildly, weird. I would Frost. say it's been, it's been an odd year for yeah. Gio. Um, however, I will say this. you know, When the story of, uh, if it happens, when the story of this season is written, he did leave a significant imprint on it. Now, he only started four matches for Borussia Dortmund, which feels like nothing. He appeared in 21, so he was used as a sub somewhat frequently. But like, if Dortmund pull this off, they'll have done it by the skin of their teeth, where every point mattered. JJ, you could look at a couple moments of this season and say that Gio Reyna single-handedly got them six points, maybe even seven if you wanted to go further. Um, he had the two late game-winning goals for them in that stretch shortly after the World Cup. It, so that I mean, you could look at the six points right there that he got for them. It was nearly nine points when he scored in stoppage time to take the lead against Stuttgart. Uh, but then Stuttgart equalized later in stoppage time. But that's kind of a seventh point. I mean, in a league that's going to be decided by the skin of their teeth, Gio Reyna captured a lot of significant points for them in a limited role. So, you know, people might look at it and say, oh, Borussia Dortmund won and, and Gio Reyna, the American, is going to get a winner's medal. But how much of an impact did he really have? Well, I don't know, without him. I mean, is it as simple as saying they don't they wouldn't have done this if he doesn't score those goals? Yeah, I mean he's you're only as good as your bench, really, when you're in a title race and he definitely would want to play more. He's only twenty. He's only twenty. Um, so you know, turn twenty in November. He he is entitled to his his piece of that pie, definitely. Of course. And, you know, through all the weirdness and everything, look, I'll be thrilled for the guy. Uh, you know, I hope it would be fun to see him do it. Uh, and good for him because he, albeit I know that, you know, the season has not been what he wanted it to be, but he does have an imprint on this. So uh, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to see that happen. Uh, JJ, I don't have too much else except to say that support for Caught Offside is brought to you by Manscaped, of course, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Yeah, join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Offside at manscaped.com. Um, like we have talked about, it's fantastic. Uh, for everybody who I always say for those of you who do this, who do the as as they put it at Manscaped, the below the waist grooming, um, I should I should say for those who don't, you should. You just should. And Manscaped makes it so easy. Uh, we've always talked about how easy the cleanup is with this, the entire process, all the steps that you used to take. JJ and I have gone through our chapter oh. verse with the scissors and the razor blades and all that and whatever. And no, you don't need to do all that. It should be just a one-step process, and that's what Manscaped does. Um, so many elements to this package. Of course, there's the uh, the main part of it is the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant. Uh, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and of course a travel bag to hold all of these things. It's fantastic. I can't speak highly enough of it. And with uh, Father's Day approaching, I would say it makes for a fine gift as well. Um, so I, I 
I implore all of you to get out there, get 20% off and free shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with code CAUGHTOFFSIDE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Couldn't agree more. Uh, my basement, guys, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Keep getting the the discount code. Keep getting your Manscaped stuff in because my basement is ordered, it's tidy, and it's fresh. That's good to know. That's important. That's important. Uh, JJ, I don't have a whole lot else. I think we've left it all on the floor. You have one of the most life-changing, busy days of your life ahead. So I'm going to get out of your way. I'm going to give you the space, all right? And I look forward to referring you uh, exclusively as daddy moving forward on this podcast. Uh, that is so creepy. We had a co-worker once who said, uh, Gigi, who said, Andrew has an ability to, de- to deliver a line in the most creepy fashion. And you've succeeded again. Get used to it, daddy. Don't call me daddy. Um, yeah, I'm excited, guys. And, um, and thanks. There's lots of really... Uh, kind comments and and uh, and well wishes coming in from Caught Offside Nation. So I appreciate you all. What you can do for this daddy is go and leave a review on iTunes, on Apple iTunes, leave one on Spotify, the easiest of all. Just hit the five stars, five-star review on Apple iTunes, five-star re- review anywhere you can get it. And, uh, and go follow the animals on Reddit or forward slash Caught Offside and uh, prepare thyselves for some nice summer merch, um, mm. which will be... We'll be on the way once I can get this child to um, to uh, just join us here on planet Earth. And what also, what you can all also do is to gather and congregate outside of NYU Hospital in New York, um, where this event will be occurring because it is oh, a landmark moment. Um, NYU in Midtown. If you want to um, send well wishes, drop by maybe with Mascara. drop by. Drop by with mezcal, maybe a six pack of uh, of a nice lager so, beer. So what you're saying is, when they they'll show up at the hospital, mm-hmm. and when when the nurse or whoever asks, okay, who are you here to see? JJ Devaney. Um, he I believe he's in the the maternity ward. They just had a, a child, uh, him and his lovely girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And you are brother? No, no. Uh, cousin? No. Close friend? No. Who are you exactly? I'm a listener of his podcast. Oh, yes, of course. Right this way. That's family, man. Okay. That's family. That's one way you everyone. Look, I got people stopping me on the field at on Randall's Island to shake hands who are listeners to the podcast. We are a large family, and I will utilize that family to get me uh, contraband into that hospital. Yeah, one of the animals, one of a, a family that you talk about, I guess their username was something that I didn't know what it meant because it was in Spanish and it's a derogatory term. And I read it on the podcast last week and I saw tons of tweets. Oh, ha ha. He got uh, what were some of like the Simpsons memes? He got IP free lead and stuff. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to know every slang word in, in another language that I don't even speak. No. How can I be? How can I be expected to, to know all that? You're not, Andrew. I thought it was an unreasonable expectation. But you didn't um, know. I asked you. You had no idea. No clue. And I'm way more like I'm way more with my ear to the streets. Like I'm more of a street presence than you'll ever be, you know, because you live out there in your suburban mansion. Sure. Um, but yeah, a la verga. Oh, you just said it again. Did say it again. Uh, it's commonly used to convey surprise or at times to convey anger. Most people do find it to be vulgar. So keep that in mind. But it is used a lot. Thank you for the years of content. Love you guys. Carlos Garcia, Santa Ana, California. 
Thank you, Carlos, for and letting he said, me know. I haven't, I haven't emailed in a while, but after listening to Andrew say Alaverga 97, <laughs> he did it again. I had Do to I have email, to bleep these? I had, no, I had to email to say thank you for making my day. So I saw the tweets and I was like, I, looked, I kept looking at the word. I was like, am I reading the word wrong? Am I saying it like the emphasis I think on you've the wrong syllables? But I, always, little that I know is another language. You've always struggled for street cred. And I think you saying that as, as just, you've gone up a few notches. But I said it like a fool, an unknowing fool. I don't get it. We are all in this world wandering around as unknowing fools. Listen, there's one unknowing fool who's about to have a baby tomorrow. So I got to right, go. Get out of here. Go on and get. Hey, JJ, to you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. With a child. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.